It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Are we ready to open next month? I think so. You think so? Well, it's complicated. Fire protection, first aid supplies, uniforms, safety training, mat services. Oh, and restroom supplies. So uncomplicated. Call Centos. They'll handle all of it. Wow. One company can handle all that? That's not very complicated. So, you'll be ready? Oh, we'll be ready. Oh, I'm ready! Learn how Centos can help you get ready for the workday. Visit Centos.com. Just slide, Jared. Just slide down. Get out of bounds. Slide down. Do not take hits. Oh, my goodness. Hey, everybody. I'm Trent Rush. This is Locked On Rams. Glad you're joining us today as we try to recover, including Jared Goff, after yesterday's loss in Seattle. 24-3, the final Rams. Yeah, you know this. They're 4-10. They've dropped 9 of the last 10. And it was another ugly game keeping up with the Thursday night theme that has seemingly gone on all season long. But we're used to that, I guess, by watching every single Rams game. And last night certainly was no exception. I gotta say this though, I thought the Rams actually battled pretty hard considering all the circumstances. It was a game to me that felt closer than that 24-3 score. Uh, Seattle kind of ran away with that at the end, but the Rams really did have some chances and when you think about plays in the game that were really huge turning points, you can talk about the fourth and one where John Fossil decided to go for it. The Rams unable to convert. I didn't have any problem with that whatsoever. I was glad the Rams went for it there. Would have liked to have seen them execute, but didn't really have an issue there. But to me, the play that turned the entire game around was that near interception that Bryce Hager had. You know, the one that the Rams would end up challenging and it would not get overturned. I still don't know how. I've seen the replay over and over and over And I thought that is an interception for sure. Chris Collinsworth thought the same thing. We were seeing the same look at it, the same look that the officials had. To me, that's a no-brainer interception, and I really don't know how that wasn't overturned. But the reason that was so big is because the Rams were still very much in the game at that point. I know the offense wasn't looking very good, but the defense had done a nice job. I mean, the defensive line was owning the Seahawks' offensive line. The O-line has been a problem for Seattle really all season long, and the Rams did a good job of exploiting that. The Rams got a really good push on Russell Wilson. I liked how the Rams looked defensively. So at that point in time, it's 10-3, you're deep in the red zone, and you get your stop. Bryce Hager catches the ball back of the end zone, tiptoes his way. He's in, even though it wasn't ruled an interception. Somehow the Seahawks get another chance. And of course, you give a second chance to Russell Wilson, he's going to find receivers. He finds Doug Baldwin, just like that touchdown, 17-3. To me, that was the ball game right there. When that call was not overturned, that was the game in that moment over. Because it was in that moment that you saw the frustration start to settle in. The entire week of everything that has gone on, from Jeff Fisher getting fired Monday morning, John Fossil taking over Monday afternoon, you have a weird walkthrough on Monday, you try to regroup and get back and reestablish this new normal on Tuesday, that's tough to do. Wednesday you got to fly up, and now it's into Thursday, basically 72 hours after John Fossil was named the head coach, the interim head coach 
of the Rams and of everything that had gone on, you had stayed focused. Yeah, they were saying about how they wanted to play this game for Jeff Fisher, playing with a chip on your shoulder, an opportunity to try to upset the Seahawks with a somewhat more level playing field on Thursday because, quite frankly, it was ugly football on both sides of the ball. I think last night we got a chance to say, hey, the Rams are what they are. We know what they are. But then you see the Seahawks and you start to think, you know, I called them a Super Bowl contender going into yesterday. I did not think they looked like a team that could win the Super Bowl the way that they performed against this Rams team because the Rams really had their way with Seattle up front. It was just that they were able to overcome that. And their defense is not all that spectacular. I thought yesterday was more the Rams being embarrassingly bad on offense as they pretty much have been all season long more so than it was a great defensive effort by the Seahawks but it was at that point with everything that had gone on the frustration really had started to settle in and that was kind of the backbreaker to me Alec Ogletree throws his hands up in the air he's frustrated he's pleading with the official come on that should be an interception and then you give up a touchdown on the next play that was it and there was just and it was at that point the frustration flowed out you saw it with Aaron Donald late in the game where he not only picks up a 15-yard penalty then he throws the flag back at the referee that's 15 more yards so basically 30 yards on one play I know John Fossil didn't say he had a problem with that afterwards but I mean what do you expect John Fossil to do you think John Fossil is going to go and scold Aaron Donald on that no he gets it it's been one of those years man And Aaron Donald's got to be the most frustrated of everybody because Aaron Donald has the most talent. But this is not the first time that Donald has made one of those immature kind of plays. He's done that several times this season. This time it was just in front of a national audience. But there have been a lot of times when Aaron Donald has lost his cool. I don't totally mind that from a defensive tackle. Like, I want my D-tackle a little bit nuts. I want my defensive tackle to be somebody that is fearless and going after everybody and doesn't stop, doesn't care, don't mess with me, I'll come at you. I kind of want that in my defense, especially my defensive line. I want Aaron Donald to be a little bit like that. I want Alec Ogletree to be a little bit like that. But you got to be smart about it too. You can't make those kind of mistakes in critical moments that really crush your team. Now at that point, the Rams were basically out of it anyways. So that was just a showing of frustration, but it started before that with several different issues that happened with the Rams. But say whatever you want about this Rams team, how they're not very good and they lack talent, you cannot say that they don't play hard because I thought they very much played with a lot of effort last night. That was the biggest difference to me between last night's game and the previous three losses. I know last night's score at 24-3 looks a little bit lopsided. It looks like the Rams got absolutely crushed again. They were actually in that game. But the Rams looked a lot better yesterday than they did in their previous three games by a long shot because it looked like they actually cared. The Rams never quit for a second last night. Now they got frustrated at times, and towards the end, you saw it unravel. But the Rams were not giving up in that game. And even Jared Goff, for as foolish of a play as that was, as dumb as it was, that he was trying to extend the play and get one more yard, trying to get into the end zone, believe me, it was stupid. Jared Goff absolutely should not have done that. you got to get down, get out of bounds. But, man, you got to like the heart. You cannot take that away from them. And that showed me something about Jared Goff, something that I like, something that there's going to be a day down the road where we look back to that play and think, okay, this guy gets it 
for this reason. He plays with heart, and you cannot replace that. You cannot teach that. That's something that you either have or you don't. And Jared Goff has that. That's the X factor. That's the intangible that separates guys from just being good and becoming great. Jared Goff possesses that intangible, and that, to me, speaks volumes. That's my biggest takeaway from last night's loss in Seattle. Now, if he ends up having a concussion and he can't play, that's going to stunt some of his progress in the meantime. Big picture, not that big a deal. I'm glad that now I know Jared Goff has that extra something. He has that extra heart, that extra motivation, that fire, that he's going to go be a competitor and get that next yard. Boy, it was sure stupid how he did it. Was not very bright. Huge mistake. Cost his team a chance last night. He'll learn, but at least we know that he is a competitor. But real quick, before we get to more on the Rams and Jared Goff, I do want to tell you about our friends at SeatGeek. Boy, what a great site that is to go get your tickets to all the biggest games. You know, the Rams still have two more home games left. They're going to be at the Coliseum on Christmas Eve against the San Francisco 49ers. And then New Year's Day, they're also home for the Arizona Cardinals. Lots of great tickets available for those games at SeatGeek. Plus, if you want to go to the Rose Bowl, I was just looking right now for Rose Bowl tickets. You can sit like 50-yard line, like great seats available at SeatGeek. If you just want to get in the door or you want to have the best seat in the house, no matter what, everything in between, SeatGeek has that. And get this, you get a $20 rebate on your first purchase of $100 or more. Yeah, $20 rebate on your first purchase of $100 or more. All you have to do is enter the promo code LOR. LOR standing for Locked On Rams. That's the promo code at SeatGeek.com. LOR to get a $20 rebate on your first purchase of $100 or more, all at SeatGeek.com. But going back to Jared Goff for a second, that was the moment I was kind of waiting for with Jared Goff really all season. I mean, he has the physical tools. We've seen some of the passes he throws at times. He looks outstanding. Yeah, he makes some mistakes. There's times where he makes bad reads. There's times where the ball looks a little wobbly, doesn't look all that great. Other times, they're lasers. You got to get a big spectrum of things when you're dealing with Jared Goff and looking at what he does and evaluating him at what he's been able to contribute so far here this season. But it's the X factor that you've heard Jeff Fisher and other people with the Rams talk about in the past. That's what we hear about, but that's what we haven't been able to see yet. Well, we saw that last night. That was a big deal to me. That told me that Jared Goff has it in him to be a franchise guy. He is not a franchise guy right now. Let's make that clear. Jared Goff has not played well enough to say, look at this guy. He's the next superstar quarterback. No way. Not even close, actually. Not even close. But you want to pick out little moments. You want to see little things, the details in the game. When he throws an 18-yard out across his body, and it's a laser, and it's a first down, he's done that a couple of times. He's had some really good throws that have been dropped. That's okay. I'm looking at how Jared Goff looks on the football field, and he does those things at times. Yeah, he had the play where he's standing in the pocket, gets blindsided, ends up fumbling. That was ugly. And he's going to have those. Rookies are going to have those. And you know what? Jared Goff's going to have those kind of plays again next season too. When there's a new regime and Jared Goff basically has to start over, he's going to be like a rookie. You can almost chalk up this season to being like a redshirt year with some experience for Jared Goff. It basically is a redshirt year. I know he is getting a chance to play in some games, but he's going to be like a rookie all over again next year. You have to expect that going in. But at least now we know Jared Goff has it in him 
to potentially be an elite quarterback at some point in his career. We've seen enough good things now to know that he has that, not just in terms of ability and what he can do on the football field, but the intangibles as well. Even on maybe the dumbest play he's made all season long, he at least had the heart and effort to try to extend that play, get one more yard, and give his and get his team back into the game. The Rams were basically totally out of it at that point, but that was not crossing Jared Goff's mind. He was trying to win. I love that competitive fire. I'm glad we saw that in Jared Goff because that speaks volumes. I mean, pretty much the worst thing you'd want to see is a guy that was afraid to compete and somebody that didn't have that. If Jared Goff packed it in last night, didn't play well, and was apathetic, that would be very alarming to me. Apathy is significantly more alarming to me than giving your all and making a dumb play. That's where I'm at. And I'm glad that Jared Goff got the experience to know, okay, can't get my bell rung anymore. I got to slide in the future. I got to get out of bounds. That was stupid. But at least he learned by giving his all and not being apathetic. That's a big deal. Plus, wasn't last night the perfect reminder for why Case Keenum couldn't be the starter anymore? I mean, how frustrating was it on, what was it, a fourth and seven or something like that, and he made a three-yard completion to Tavon Austin? That has been killing me with the Rams all season long, and I know you're frustrated about that too. I've never seen a team when you have to get X number of yards throw for fewer yards than that. At least take a shot. You have to get seven yards, at least make a play past the first down marker. At least try for that. All right, Case Keenum got his completion. Great. That was a perfect reminder for why Case Keenum will always be a backup. And I like Case Keenum, too. I don't know what my problem is liking the, I guess, lovable losers in Case Keenum and Jeff Fisher. They've probably been the biggest losers of the Rams this season. I happen to like both guys. I think both guys are better at what they do than they get credit for. But, man, that was frustrating with Keenum last night. Some other news and notes. Robert Quinn and Benny Cunningham shut it down for the year, both placed on injured reserve. Benny Cunningham's been dealing with that neck injury. Rob Quinn with the concussion. He practiced on Monday and Tuesday in full, didn't practice on Wednesday, and then was doubtful going into the game before being put on the injured reserve list. I have no problem with that. Save Rob Quinn. Let him get healthy. There's no sense in running him out there for two more meaningless games this season as he tries to extend his career and continue to play at a high level. No sense to me in putting him out there. I got no problems with that. I'm glad the Rams are doing that. And that's not packing it in either. That's just being smart and protecting your asset. Okay, so now two home games left. We talked about this before. Christmas Eve at home against the Niners and then New Year's Day at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Next week, we're going to talk about the importance of those games, things that you'd like to see in those, and hopefully we have a little clearer understanding of where Jared Goff is at because right now he's in the concussion protocol, and if the Rams were to have a game on Sunday – Jared Goff probably would not be available to play, so we'll keep you posted on his status and try to collect as much news and information as we can regarding that situation with the Rams and really all things L.A. Rams as the season starts coming to a close. Again, my name is Trent Rush. So glad you join us every single day here on Locked On Rams. You can find me on the air if you live in Los Angeles, AM 8.30, 6 to noon every day as well. I do the sports news updates there. That's AM 8.30. 
8.30 KLAA in Los Angeles. You can follow the Locked On Rams podcast network at Locked On Network. Go follow those guys. Take a listen to several of the other Locked On podcasts, both in the NFL and in the NBA. Some really, really great stuff out there. I encourage you to check that out. My Twitter handle is at Trent Rush Sports. Give me a follow because I'm always trying to post this podcast there first right away. So if you want to get it right away when this podcast comes out, you get it on Twitter at Trent Rush Sports. Have a great weekend and we'll talk to you Monday. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.